Hi, and welcome to the Pleasure for Health podcast, the space where we talk about topics related to intimacy, relationships, desire, and of course, pleasure. I'm your host, Ailsa Kepi, a somatic sex educator, therapist, and a lifelong student of the body-mind-spirit connection. You can find out more about me and my programs and services on my website, www.pleasureforhealth.com. Good morning and welcome to this episode of Ask Elsa. Today we're going to look at something uh, that comes up in con- in uh, relationships all the time, even though we really wish we didn't have to deal with it, and that is conflict. How do we deal with conflict in our relationships? So my name is Elsa. You can find out more about me at pleasureforhealth.com. Um, I'm an intimacy uh, educator and somatic coach. And I love to talk about relationships because they really interest me as such an integral part of who we are as human beings. And I wanted to deal today specifically with conflict and fighting fair because it's such a big thing. We have to learn to do it. It's a skill. And so if we um, avoid conflict or we don't want to learn the skill of how to deal with conflict, We are forever going to be um, having issues in relationships and probably having difficulty keeping and forming good intimate relationships because the nature of relationship is that we have to deal with conflict. So here's some skill building around that and learning how to fight fair. And I have to say this episode is brought to you by some personal uh, conflict that came up in my own relationship recently. And I realized how important it is to really fight fair, you know, not to bring up um, things that aren't relevant to the particular topic that we're doing, how to get really clear about what are we actually fighting about. And, you know, your own reactions to conflict and anger, particularly in our culture, especially for women, anger is seen as bad or something that we shouldn't be feeling. And so we tend to try to push it down until it erupts out of us and becomes an issue in our relationships. So first of all, I would say, let's get a couple of things straight. Um, Anger is an emotion. It's a healthy emotion. All human beings get angry. And the point is that dealing with anger doesn't mean that we get to act out or that we get to beat up someone else or that we get to um, take uh, dangerous actions because we're angry. But anger in and of itself is a healthy emotion. And so the more that we deal with the fact that anger is a healthy emotion, the more we're going to be able to come to conflict with our emotions in check or in kind of awareness. We're not going to be denying that we're angry, which is already the problem with a lot of conflict is that I'm not angry. No, no, honey. It's just this one thing that kind of, you know, but I'm not angry about it. You know, and it, it, it starts this level of dishonesty, both with ourselves and in our relationships that, you know, makes intimacy and makes any kind of honest conversation really difficult because we're not admitting that we're just, we're angry. So that's the first thing that I want to just point out. And, you know, let's get clear about the fact that quite often when we have conflict in our relationship, we are saying that it is due to one thing, but we're actually upset about something else. So again, it comes down to being aware of 
and taking the time to do your own reflection on what is it that is actually coming up for you. If, if you're feeling frustrated or um, under, you know, under-recognized at work and then you come home angry and frustrated and then your partner does something like hasn't taken the garbage out or burnt the dinner or something like that and you get angry about that and you have a conflict or, or even a discussion, an argument about that, that's not really the whole truth of why you were angry and upset to start with. So my first, my first rule of fighting fair would be get clarity about what it is that's actually upsetting you. And this might involve you taking some time to journal, going for a walk and just kind of really self-reflecting on what is it that I'm actually angry about or upset about that I want to bring up to my partner. And so clarity and being specific is really important. And another thing along with this clarity is the idea that, you know, getting angry about, well, I don't feel respected by you. This is one I hear a lot, you know, um, with clients I'm working with. I don't feel respected by my partner. Well, okay, that's, that's valid, but what does that actually mean? What do you, what would feel respectful to you? What kind of behavior or words or actions, that kind of thing would help you to feel respected? When do you feel respected and when not? You know, what kind of things are giving you that uh, feeling that you're not being respected? So it's not very clear even to say, well, I don't feel respected or I feel like my partner doesn't love me. You know, again, get really clear around what that is. So what would make you feel loved? right? So if you're just got a feeling about something, that's fair to discuss, but let's do our own work around what those feelings are before we bring it to the conflict, before we ask for the fight, before we, you know, ask for our partner to figure it out for us, let's do our own work. So get some clarity around that and that might take some time. So give yourself space and time to figure out what it is that's upsetting you to start with. And then Along with that, so as well as getting clear about that, what are your goals in bringing this up to your partner? So if you're going to initiate a time to fight fair with your partner and you have an issue you want to discuss, what are your goals with that discussion? Do you want to negotiate, you know, um, whether you have a TV in your bedroom or not? You know, if that's the goal is to negotiate a communally acceptable way to look at that, then, you know, that your goal is to figure out where you can put your TV. Or if your goal is to feel like, you know, certain behaviors that your partner does make you feel disrespected. Well, what are those behaviors? So you get clear about that. Okay, when you don't return my phone calls, all day and uh, I feel disrespected. Or if you don't text me back, you know, I feel disrespected. So, okay. So then your, your goal is to come to a mutually acceptable way to move forward so uh, that you can compromise on those goals and you can come up with something that will help you to feel respected and that your partner's willing to do, right? So we wanna have the goal as being an outcome that is mutually acceptable. Now here's a, Here's a snag in this whole thing. If your only outcome that would be acceptable to you is that things go your way, then that's not really going to be a mutually, uh, uh, kind of a mutual conflict that you're open to your partner's viewpoint. You've just decided that 
I don't want a TV in the bedroom. It needs to go here. You need to accept that I'm right and this is the way it is. Well, that's not really a conflict that is, uh, you know, uh, that you're open to hearing the other person's point of view. And so you're not going to increase intimacy that way. I mean, if your partner wants, if you decide that if I give into the TV, we can do something else that you want and that's mutually acceptable, maybe that's way, where you can move forward. But if there's only one outcome that you're willing to accept and you've already decided what that is, then uh, I would say that you're not really going into the conflict with an open mind, which is one of the rules is to go into the conflict knowing that the two of you could find a better outcome or you know resolution than either one of you on your own. So what are your goals? Your goal might be that we are able to find a way that both of us can sleep well. Or the goal might be that um, we find a way that, you know, is mutually acceptable to keep communication during the day. So we both feel heard and seen and loved and all those things. So, so along with that, I already touched on the fact that, you know, if you're just wanting to blow off steam and start an argument because you have pent up energy about frustration about something else, and it's kind of like the man that comes home from work and kicks the dog kind of thing. And you're bringing your frustration home and taking it out on your partner. Again, you're not fighting fair. That's not about your partner. That's about you. So you can see a lot of these rules of fighting fair start with you. Start with the person, each individual doing their own work. So... Again, one more idea that we have to get clear about is that fighting fair means there's not a winner and a loser. We're not winning the fight and the other person losing, or we're not letting them win the fight. We're both trying to come up with a, a resolution that's, that's a win-win for both of us. That's maybe a compromise for both of us. So this is, again, something that we have to wrap our head around because competition is such a big thing in our society that we're used to having you know, um, well, if I didn't get my way, I didn't win. And then, you know, you go out with all your friends and they're like, oh, you let, you let your partner walk all over you. You didn't stand up for yourself. And then, you know, we go back in for round two and we're trying to knock them out on the first, you know, punch. And that's, that's not fighting fair. That's fighting to win. And that's a different thing. So, okay. Once we've got all of that, we want to set a time with our partner that we can, you know, make, a, a, a time where we're both going to be in a place where we can listen to each other, where we have enough energy reserve to um, take the time to, to, to work on this problem. So setting a time to have the fight is part of fighting fair. You can't just come in, uh, your partner's just coming in the door from work, really tired, had a long day, didn't eat yet, and you spring a fight on them right then. That's not fighting fair. Make a mutually agreeable time. If you find that your partner is resistant to setting a time, that's something to think about as well and say, you know, how can we find a time that we can discuss something that's bothering me? This is really important to me. So hopefully if you have um, a partner that, is, that loves you and is interested in creating a relationship, they will be willing to find a time to discuss something that's important to you. So now you've set up your time, you've gotten really clear, you know what you're upset about. You know what you're going to bring forward. You're not bringing other frustrations into it. Okay, now you're going to be able to state the problem clearly to your partner, i.e. you're not blaming or shaming or uh, 
you know, projecting stuff onto your partner. You're saying, here's something I'm really upset about or I really need to think, you know, want to work on with you because it's causing an issue for me. So a lot of I messages, you know, this is how I'm feeling about this and it's important to me and can we brainstorm together? And that, you know, gives your partner an opportunity to know that something is important to you and opens the opportunity for a discussion about it, which is all about fighting fair. Because again, we're trying to fight so both of us have a resolution. And we want to try to genuinely listen to the other person. So if you're fighting about something like, can my friend come and stay for the weekend? And your partner has a busy weekend teaching and they don't want to have your friend there for the weekend, and you know they might you might sit down and have a discussion and maybe you can find a compromise to that well maybe we find a different weekend maybe we you and your friend you know promise to go out all day so that your partner can teach properly or whatever it is you can find a way to do that instead of just forcing your own view so you're willing to listen to why your partner maybe has a different viewpoint than you you might actually learn something uh, most likely you will Relationships are such great teachers in this way. So try to genuinely listen and both parties should be able to propose solutions. So if both of you are creative and uh, you know wise people, you, you will try to create a solution that your partner might be able to consider. So if you propose a solution and it's not quite right, let your partner propose a solution and then see if you can work with that. So allowing both people to have some ideas can actually lead to something that neither of you thought of in the first place. And you know, often this is where conflict um, can actually lead to better solutions than you ever thought were possible and more intimacy in your relationships. So you wanna both propose solutions and discuss them and don't make fun of them, don't scoff at them, don't you know dismiss them out of hand listen to your partner and see if maybe there's something about that solution that they've suggested that might be uh, really a cool thing to incorporate. So be willing to compromise. Now I know this like sounds a little bit like, well, what does compromise actually look like? Well, compromise looks like not just one person giving in all the time. Compromise is both people realizing that their ultimate goal is to find a resolution that works for both people and to, you know, stay with their partner, hopefully, right? If you have a good relationship, you want to stay in the relationship. Hopefully that's your overall arching goal and to help each other grow and be more fulfilled and happy and all of that. So be willing to compromise. I can move a little bit this way. You move a little bit that way. And so that it comes back to that. If you only allow one option in your resolution, that's not really compromising. You want to hear what your other, your other half has to say. Your other person has a right to offer their wisdom as well. And so finally, I just want to say that celebrating together, when you come to some kind of resolution, even if it's not the complete solution to the problem, but you've talked about it well, you haven't blamed and shamed each other, you haven't hurled insults at each other, you haven't stormed out, you've managed to stay and discuss something, and you've both had some ideas, celebrate that. You know, really celebrate, have a hug, dance around the kitchen. You know, maybe you need to go and have more time on your own reflecting on what you've discussed and then come back and have a round two. But at least if you've gotten to this stage, 
celebrate it. And the other uh, part of the celebration is also to look at what kind of aftercare you might want. And I know this is kind of a BDSM term, like after a scene or something, we often say, well, what kind of aftercare do you want? And what that means is if you've been a little traumatized or if you've gotten a little agitated, because conflict is difficult, it's challenging, it's traumatizing to some of us who aren't really great at dealing with conflict. So what kind of aftercare do you need? After you've had this intense discussion, um, you've gotten somewhere, you've managed to keep your cool and you're, you're both you know, listening to each other, that's amazing already. What kind of aftercare might you need? Do you need to just snuggle on the couch and watch a mindless movie? And just kind of let you know be together have that touch um, do you need to go for a walk do you need to um, go and you know make hot chocolate together um, you know maybe it's on your own that you have aftercare maybe it's with your partner quite often touch comes into that and um, I highly recommend having like a little you know formula that you say look after we have a fair fight or or whatever we have a hug even if it's not the best most uh, amazing hug ever because maybe you're still holding on to some some of that but some kind of touch can be really um bonding we're mammals we like to bond with touch so that can be nice or go and have a bath maybe you know um listen to some music together something that's uh taking you know the stress down but celebrating and helping each other to regulate your nervous system come back to a you know, an open and um, relaxed nervous system and be together. So those are my suggestions for fighting fair and dealing with conflict in your relationships. You know, it will come up, there's always conflict and conflict can be generative. It can be helpful. It can help us grow in our relationship, in our intimacy and in our closeness. So don't shy away from it. Conflict is a good thing. It helps us realize stuff about ourselves and about our partner and how we get to work together. And isn't that really what relationships are about, working together? So hopefully there's something in here for you. It was wonderful to uh, talk to you all today. And if you want to find out more about me, like I said, take a look at my website, www.pleasureforhealth.com. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Pleasure for Health podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please share it with your friends and loved ones. Let's discover and celebrate more pleasure together. Again, my name is Elsa Kepi and you can find out more or contact me on my website, www.pleasureforhealth.com.